0: Hello and welcome to The Future Report, a podcast hosted by social research company McCrindle for anyone curious about the future. My name is Ashley Fell and each week I'll be sitting down with a guest to discuss a topic or trend that you need to know about. Have you ever thought about whether you're an anywhere or somewhere type of person? If you're an anywhere type of person, it's probably likely that you can find home, community or work anywhere. On the other hand, if you're more of a somewhere person, it's likely that you have a strong connection to a particular place. And as people continue to move and relocate and work from home and increase their mobility, the idea of how we define our identity and the concept of home is a really interesting topic to explore. So joining me on the podcast today to do just that is social researcher Grant Dusting. Grant, welcome back to the Future Report podcast.
1: Oh, thank you, Ash. It's It's nice to be back.
0: It's um a really interesting topic to kind of, I feel like we're delving deeper into some of the psychology around people's mobility and why they move and relocate. But we know and we've talked about this uh, a lot over the last couple of years because it has kind of been exacerbated in some ways because of the pandemic about people moving out of where most of the population has lived, being Sydney and Melbourne. Do you have any insights or reasons why you think that, you know, has happened and is still happening today?
1: Well, I think the first... Point that we can make as social researchers is that this, what we're talking about here, is is more of a a social trend, and it's kind of a something that's happening more broadly. So it's 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 not. Sometimes we play in that market research space, whereas this this topic is very much that that social psyche. And when we talk about living in an anywhere era, I think that's probably a phrase we could use an anywhere time or an anywhere era, and. I think there's a few things that play into that and and we can that's going to be fun to to talk through with you today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, we certainly get, I guess a bit more of an interesting perspective here around, why people are making these moves uh, and why people are leaving the capital cities and making a move to the regional areas or to the rise of the regions. I mean, what do you attribute to the main factors that's kind of pushing people out of our capital cities and into, yeah, different areas around Australia?
1: Well, that that is something we've specifically done research on in an Australian context. And Although we've got listeners in different parts of the world, we imagine that this this would be quite these reasons would be quite similar. And when we've asked people in Australia's largest capital cities uh, like Melbourne and Sydney, what is it? What are the biggest challenges of living in a large capital city, a large urban area, and what is it that might push them to explore living in a more regional area or in, in a smaller town? People raise issues like cost of living, uh, price of housing whether that's to buy or to rent, both can be quite challenging in a large city. Also, people talk about travel time and commuting and traffic, things like crime and, and safety, which are often issues in larger concentrations of uh, people and populations. And just the challenges that come with population growth, the, the growing pains, which includes infrastructure and and services. So those are those are kind of the top 5 reasons that people have raised when we've done our uh, large-scale surveys to understand what are the biggest challenges of living in a highly urbanized a large capital city and things that would actually lead people and are leading people to to move into regional areas or to smaller cities or different places.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty it's a huge life life change and I I've known lots of people in my even own life and friends of mine who've, yeah, gone up where, I, and people I never thought would do it either. Like I didn't, it's not like they had this goal to move, although maybe all of us have a goal to like live by the sea or live by the beautiful countryside. But um yeah, people, they were like, oh yeah, we've we've bought a house, um you know, a couple of hours outside of Sydney, you know, where I'm based. And I was like, whoa, that's huge. Wow. And it's just interesting to, yeah, have those conversations with people and, and hear the stories behind some of the data that we, you know, see and interact with, you know, on a daily basis. Um, and I think something else that we've talked about over the last couple of years is also something we've identified as a return to local uh, where people are valuing as much as they're happy to move away uh, the local community and I feel like that's probably been driven in large part by the various lockdowns that we have lived through where we have been confined to our um, you know five kilometer radius or whatever the restriction might have been at the time but do you see any other I guess trends or factors driving that sort of return to local aspect as well?
1: Well, I think, yeah, when we when we think about this this topic of place, of being anywhere or are we somewhere, does does physical place and does geography matter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly as you've said, we've one of the things that's come out through the, the research we've done through the COVID pandemic is actually people prioritizing or, or reprioritizing their local community in a new way. So people saying that actually they're valuing having a walkable community, which is sometimes uh, harder to do in, in certain uh, geographic places. Uh, so people are prioritizing that walkable community, being able to 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 have those relationships and, and connections locally, not just many, many, many kilometers away, but actually at a lot a much more localized level too. So I think that that's giving us a hint that people are actually that concept of place. It's not as, uh, it, maybe it is more important than, than we sometimes lead ourselves to believe.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think over the last couple of years with the various um, events that we've lived through and different ways of living and what we've been able Uh, to do and what we've been restricted to doing, there's also, there's just so much that kind of has has happened to us as a collective, as a society, even around where we've been able to go, what communities we've been able to partake in and be a part of. Uh, And we're finding as well that, you know, people are also looking for their meaningful relationships uh, in their workplaces and a sense of meaning and purpose is really important uh, to people with regards to their work. Uh, so we've got the workplace as as somewhere else that people kind of uh, have meaning and community with, but then we've also got the trend of work from home and hybrid work into the future. So it's an interesting kind of mix of different like demographic trends, but then social attitudes and and how we're kind of shaping to the future as well in terms of whether we feel like we're anywhere people where we can find community anywhere or if we've got kind of roots uh, and we prefer to be involved in that. I mean, do you see that uh, community, how we engage in community aspect having an impact on how people feel about where they belong, so to speak, as well?
1: Well, I was just reflecting on your comments before about, say, travel and being someone who lives in, in Perth and in Western Australia, just thinking that for West Aussies, we were more or less uh, locked in WA and everyone else <laughs> locked out for the best part of two years. So yeah. I think depending on where where our listeners might be tuning in from, the experience of someone in say Melbourne or Sydney in Australia or somewhere like Perth or, or say t- Tasmania uh, or people in New Zealand, I know we've got listeners in New Zealand and the new zealand government took a similar approach to the west australian state government in taking a very firm kind of control of their borders so yeah i think depending on where people are are living their experience and of the covid pandemic and how that's translated to their thinking about travel and and place i think that does play into it and you mentioned before some of those other insights around the importance of the the workplace and as a as a community so that that's a really interesting thing to have kind of sitting parallel to this discussion about geographic place because that's suggesting through the research and in in the book that we published uh, a couple of years ago work wellbeing we we kind of talk about the, this trend towards people searching for that community sense of community sense of belonging in their workplace whereas maybe in the past people weren't looking to their workplace as much to provide those things so to me that that hints and suggests that people people are looking to find a sense of belonging purpose that community in one shape or form whether that's geographically or whether it's through another avenue like a workplace even, potentially a distributed workplace. But there is people human beings need that. They need that sense of belonging. And I think something we've seen through the COVID pandemic is actually a lot more people finding that identity and and that belonging at a more local level, which I think kind of goes back to the the start of some of the some of the earlier discussion we had just a few minutes ago about that that physical sense of place being more important now it seems than maybe it was a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess I think about that and I think about how we've kind of been changed as a result of the last couple of years and what kind of trends we were seeing even prior to that. And I mentioned in the introduction that it it sometimes feels like, oh, if you're an anywhere type of person where you could just, you know, move overseas to a global city or work uh, somewhere else, it seems very almost glamorous and sophisticated and almost grown up in some ways. Maybe that's just me being, you know, like almost finishing my 20s, where it was like that a lot of friends of mine, you know, moved overseas and, and had global jobs. And I was probably for me, I'm a bit more of a somewhere person and I'd look at them and go, wow, like, I don't know if I could uproot my life and just move somewhere, um, like globally like that away from family and community and, and work and things like that. Um, but I guess, do you have any reflections on the fact that we probably may have been living in that anywhere kind of era or maybe what do you think? Do you think we're still living mostly more in a, in an anywhere era?
1: Well, it's a, it's a big topic, right? And <laughs> I think, yeah, we well firstly, yes I think we are living in a society that's more and more an anywhere era or an anywhere society. So I think it might be worth us unpacking what we mean by that that term and that language so we can mm-hmm. think about we can think about this that so much of our modern life and our modern society is actually designed to provide consistency in a physical environment irrespective of where we might be geographically. So to illustrate that, let's think of some of the well-known uh, retail or fast food chain. So think of someone like Starbucks. So Starbucks is probably a good example because they probably are well-known for pioneering this this concept of the the third place or really creating a consistent gathering place that wasn't at home the first place, wasn't at work the second place, but the third place, and really designing all of their coffee shops with with the same... Um, fit out and decor and all that and obviously it's not just Starbucks who do that but I think they're probably one of the companies that's recognized with really pioneering that that trend and so chains like Starbucks whether it's McDonald's whether it's uh, the Apple store you could be in Perth or in Sydney or in London or in I don't know what's what's a what's a city in uh, Mongolia or something. I I, <laughs> I need to brush up on my Mongolian. But you could be in a city anywhere in the world, and these these retail outlets are designed so that the store would look the same. Mm. And I think for them it's about brand consistency. But it kind of yeah, I think it creates a really interesting perspective that you could you could almost if you had snap amnesia and just kind of came to your senses in an Apple store. I don't think it's immediately obvious to you whether you'd be in in Perth or in Paris because mm. the store layout and everything would really look the same and it's designed to look the same. So these companies now are designing physical spaces intentionally to be to kind of take geography out of the equation. Does that make sense?
0: Mm. Yeah, it's and I was thinking, reflecting on my own experience of that, like when I've been in these stores uh, and in different cities around the world, and it is, it's again for me, maybe who's a bit more of a somewhere person, it's comforting in some ways to be like, oh, I feel, I feel this feels comfortable and a bit more at ease, um, and even well, and
1: that's exactly why they've designed yeah, it that way, right? They they want you to feel at home. It is like oh, this is it's familiar.
0: working on me. <laughs> yeah,
1: oh, on all of us. Trust me.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. And I guess that, that also just makes me think about, yeah, the, the, the value of, of difference though as well, of different cities and having different vibes, but then also the the comfort that it can have, yeah, to us. And I think about the work from home era that we're kind of moving towards and even people work the ability to work from cafes or the ability not to be in a central place but to move around and sometimes like we have a bit of a flexible working um workplace here and, and I tend to Mix up my sometimes. work on no, we do sometimes. have it all the time. I think <laughs> we do. We <laughs> or have at a least regular, I do. Do yes, I do. We have a regular work from home schedule, and I really appreciate like getting out of um, my home and going to cafes and and mixing it up. But it does also cause me to reflect on yeah, like where work gets done and 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 work as we mentioned before is such a key part to people's sense of community and belonging and acceptance. And it's just, it's fascinating to think about the future of yeah, workplaces and how that's going to sort of maybe compound this anywhereness in a flexible working era. I mean, any reflections on on that in terms of where you think that might be going with this trend kind of coming forward, this hybrid way of working in the future?
1: Well, I, th- I think it's something you and I both experience, right? Working in a professional services company like McCrindle, and a lot of, if not, most of the clients we're interacting with are also in kind of a service-based or, or a knowledge economy where it's office-based, professional services. And so, yeah, I think through the the COVID pandemic, with the COVID being this catalyst for this rapid uptake of working from home, as we know, working from home trend didn't start with COVID, but it's certainly been that catalyst. I think that's really accentuated that sense of anywhere, or placelessness. I don't know if that's very good grammar, but hopefully <laughs> the the I'm communicating that that clearly. So with more and more interactions going virtual, meetings on Zoom or Microsoft Teams or wh- what have you. Think about webinars. I mean, Ash, you're on the road a lot of the time, present presenting and delivering keynotes. But through the last two years, you've done a lot of that virtually, webinars, etc. So I think yeah, I think that concept of of place has become less tangible because so much of our interactions particularly for those in professional services or in what we might call the knowledge economy jobs is now virtual it does really i think it does really change that concept of place for example in yeah in april 2020 uh, or oh, sorry may 2020 my my wife and i moved back from sydney back home to perth and what was fascinating and slightly bizarre to be honest was the fact that the clients I was interacting with because they were all working from home anyway they actually didn't notice they didn't notice the fact that I'd moved back from Sydney back home to Perth and it really didn't make any difference to them except maybe just for scheduling so it it was quite an interesting experience to to make that move and think that well really for this person I'm interacting with it's it's made zero difference at all cuz we were just interaction interacting virtually anyway.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, and I can't imagine what that move must have been like for you during during the pandemic. Um, and it's interesting, even. I mean, you mentioned earlier on, earlier on that you're from obviously from Western Australia, um, and yeah, grew up there. I am and made- in
1: the Sydney studio as we speak, actually. For the for the viewers who thought, "Hey, that that you guys have a consistent <laughs> brand experience in your Perth office too." No, this is actually in the Sydney in the Sydney office. Yeah, um, we've got the full the full kit and equipment here.
0: Yeah, you made, sorry, made I the,
1: interrupted you though. No,
0: that's all right. Made the trip over, and we love having the Perth team with us. And it is interesting though, even just as a side note, just around yeah your experience with moving uh, back home. Because I mean, what do you think for, for yourself, Grant? Do you feel like you're an anywhere person, or more of a somewhere person?
1: Oh, some days I feel, I <laughs> uh, like yeah, I, I'm an anywhere person. But I think other days I feel actually no like i there's there's so much in my life that i feel is really linked to place and that place matters to me and yeah i mean i'm sure we can get into get into more of that but i think although we're in an anywhere society i think there's a lot a lot that suggests that we are at our core still somewhere people and a lot of people are
0: Mm, and it really does help and facilitate our well-being to have a place that we're connected to and where we feel like we belong and, and are at home. And yeah, so I think, but also just to to kind of still continue talking about the anywhere kind of aspect and the fact that our society is certainly, um, I guess predisposed to being in anywhere sort of world in light of all the things we've talked about we're also more globalized than ever before and like you mentioned with some of the uh, common experiences that uh, consumer brands create for us we've got you know some really similar like similarities among the technology that we use and and the popular media and the culture uh, around our world so we're kind of living very global lives and that's even more the case for the emerging generations who are being impacted by uh, very similar trends even though different places have different vibes and and cultures these these global trends through these sort of screen-based devices that we all engage on connect us in a really unique way. Um, but we are. We're living very mobile lives as well. So all these things kind of come into play and, yeah, cause me to think about are we more of an anywhere um, society or are we more of a somewhere and it, what's kind of interesting and what's best um, for us as, as humans. But if we think about that somewhere, We've kind of talked about the anywhere and um, the trends that are at play there. But if we think about somewhere, um, I mean, what are your reflections on on the importance of having somewhere that you can call home and connect with and the value of being a somewhere person where historically we might have, because I'm a somewhere person probably, I would say, being a bit like, oh, the anywheres are the exotic, uh, cool people. But what about, what about the somewheres among us, Grant?
1: <laughs> well, to me, that's yeah that's that is a fascinating thing going on that we've got all those things that we've just talked about that this society that i think conditions us to be increasingly anywhere people so you mentioned it then more like a more global society than ever before where the news and media and commentary that's happening kind of at a global scale and we're interacting in that way Um, the world is more digital than ever so again kind of connected to that previous point but the the media we get and the, the communication it's it's digital so that again slightly it, that changes the the sense of place when you're interacting more virtually than 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 physically so we've got those things we've got the the work from home or flexible working trend that we've mentioned before and all those other things kind of really playing into this yeah this this era of being more anywhere types of people where place the sense of place is kind of devalued in many ways but so i think in that context to me it is fascinating that i feel like there's still so much that is pointing to us being somewhere people that actually place does matter even though there's so many trends that are kind of pushing us um, to devalue that so i think an interesting and maybe a quirky illustration going back to one of the companies we mentioned before say mcdonald's so mcdonald's rebranding well actually maybe some of our listeners, I know we have listeners in the United States, so they may not even be aware of this for our listeners outside of Australia. But in Australia, McDonald's has rebranded to Maccas. Uh that's M-A-C-C-A-S. And yeah, we it's so Australian, right, Ash. I mean, maybe some of our listeners wouldn't understand what that even means. Like Maccas, how do you get McDonald's to Maccas? So how would you mm. how would you explain that to them? <laughs>
0: I feel like in Australia we like to shorten things. Uh so afternoon becomes Avo, uh is a kind of prime example. Yep. Avocado so McDonald's becomes, becomes the Avo. Yep. Um and so McDonald's becomes Maccas. And yeah, it's it, I didn't even know that it had officially rebranded, but I'm not surprised because McDonald's just sounds so formal. Like everyone I know in my whole life refers to it as Maccas.
1: Yeah, every, every Australian <laughs> I yeah. don't think there'd be many people who say McDonald's. It sounds quite formal. So we'd mm. say Maccas. So but but so after many years of Aussies using the term Maccas instead of the proper name McDonald's, uh, the company has on their advertising now increasingly using yeah, using that that phrase instead, Maccas. Mm. And it, it kind of shows that they've obviously understood that they they need to contextualize themselves to a local uh, place and, and a local context, and I mean I don't have any inside scoop from the McDonald's marketing team. Maybe I sh- we should reach out to them. We've got some contacts <laughs> there, but yeah. but I suspect, yeah, I suspect that they've made that change because they actually want to appeal to locals and to say, actually, we we understand you. We understand that this kind of the the, the global name McDonald's actually we want to be a bit more relatable to you and we want we recognize that this context has specific um yeah specific characteristics and we want to better relate to the local culture so um i mean even yeah I, how many people call you ashley most ash Asho maybe so it's just the it's just the aussie way right
0: yes we do love to shorten things and we saw that in the baby names too like Aussie parents are just going for the nickname as the first name now they're not even going oh this is the full name is Jackson but the nickname's Jack it's just Jack that is it's like is that a nickname it's like no it's just my name <laughs> so yeah. we're just we're shorten everything but yes it's it's fascinating and I think uh we we really do see elements of this also play out in a trend that we talked about earlier in the year um at the beginning of 2022 I was like what year are we in we're 2022." In yeah, I know um, the, con- the
1: concept of <laughs> Place is changing, Concept of time is changing too with COVID. It's like pre-COVID and post-COVID. Yes,
0: or, it really does like yeah. warp it. But um, even we talked about like the importance of place and you mentioned there like organizations and brands localizing and adapting to the local culture and having that uniqueness rather than the kind of global um, similar depending on place sort of experience there is I think something to be said for yeah localizing customizing having that boutique or unique kind of approach to uh, we're talking about brands or consumers here and responding to local consumers but we even saw that as I mentioned in a trend that we talked about which was new federalism and this idea that, again, in light of the pandemic and the really vast different experiences that, you know, in Australia different states had, but across the world even different countries had. Like our experience in Australia here was very different to European countries, um, for example, Uh, or New Zealand was even quite different to Australia at some point. So even that kind of new federalism where we're a bit more, like, we've got greater differences and we're less united in some ways. So that importance of local and understanding local context um, is really key. I mean, you've got, you would you would know that I'm sure being from Perth and living in through the pandemic, like Perth had a really different experience to all the rest of the states across Australia too.
1: Uh, yes, we're a unique bunch over in, in, <laughs> in the West, Western Australians. Um, but yeah, exactly right. I think through the COVID pandemic, we, and, and I think that was, we 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 named that trend the new federalism because i think in the last 2 years we've and progressively over the last decades i think and this is more relevant to listeners in australia who understand the australian context but australia was federated but based starting with the, the the state-based colonies and so then we came together to form one one country the, the commonwealth of australia and and so Over time, the 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 power and the yeah the the power balance has been shifting. I'd say more from the states to the Commonwealth government or the federal government based in Canberra, led by our Prime Minister, and so we kind of that's been the broader that's been the general trend over. We're talking decades here; nothing's happened overnight. But but through COVID, we kind of saw a bit of a, a bit of a flip back to to really the recognition of actually this is the power that the state governments have uh, and and the territories too uh, for the Northern Territory and, and, and um, the ACT, our listeners there. So the states and territories, we really saw people, you know, many, many people who maybe didn't even know the name of their, their premier who, who leads their state mm. through COVID, you were getting for most of the states daily press conferences uh, for, for a large part of it. Mm. And so lots of, and kind of lots of emphasis on the decisions and the jurisdiction of, of the states, whether it came to health or the even the the domestic border, the state border situation. So,
0: mm.
1: so I think, yeah, we, we did see that through COVID. And it's I think it's heightened people's awareness of their their state state-based identity. And we've done research that 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 shows that as well. So people kind of, yes, we're one nation, and I think we're pretty we're pretty united as a nation Australian. I think we do that quite well. But but through the last two years, we've seen this kind of heightened awareness of our our citizenship as members of not just a nation, but of a particular state um, or, or a part of Australia.
0: Mm. And that trend that we talked about even kind of does relate to our identity and how we identify ourselves. Uh, and yeah, I think maybe this is obviously just an... Uh, generalist observation but more so maybe pre-pandemic it was very much uh, I'm an Australian and now it's like I'm from New South Wales. <laughs> like we really had that distinction we had really different experiences and like you mentioned I, I think yeah I was maybe one of those people who didn't know too much about um, the state premier but then very much needed and looked forward to those daily updates uh, in terms of how we could live our lives uh, and what we could and couldn't do and so got to know um, yeah our state sort of government system a, a lot better as a result of yeah the experience of the last couple of years so it certainly does play into our identity as well don't you think in terms of totally
1: this and and i think it's it's interesting just hearing you you say that pre covid you were just always like you know I, i'm australian i suspect that for for people like the special west aussies I've, I've already mentioned and also say our friends in tasmania and even to an extent queensland I think there is. You, you do see even pre-COVID, probably a lot of people in those areas did actually already have kind of stronger identities with their state, and I think there's geography does play a part and distance, and I and I think that's probably a broader trend that's that's global that people in larger cities, kind of uh, generally. So in Australian context, uh, I forget off the top of my head, but I think it's about two in five. Australians live in either Sydney or Melbourne. Did I get mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. And it's when you think about how vast Australia is as a nation geographically, just to think that, wow, two out of every five Australians actually live in one of these two cities um, out of all this landmass. So, so it's kind of no surprise then that people in Melbourne and Sydney particularly do associate, well... I don't really have a strong local identity because we are australia really (laughs) and and i think that's it you'd be forgiven for for thinking that given the 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 (laughs) population um mass and center but but i do think people from other regional areas and from yeah places like western australia so for example in western australia you if you're referring to someone from sydney or melbourne or brisbane You'd say, "Oh, they're they're Eastern Staters," or "they're they're from over east." Whereas, <laughs> see, that's kind of again just gives an insight into the psyche of the the mm. sand Groper or the the West Australian. Yeah. Um, but similarly, I mean, you've you've travelled a bit as well. But in in Tasmania, I've got some good friends there and done some travel there. They refer to us uh, and West Australians included as as mainlanders. So for them. Whereas in, in WA, it's the distinction is are you from the west or the east, or you're from over east. In, in for our friends in Tassie, it's well, are oh, you a mainlander? So basically, everyone who's not from Tassie is a mainlander. So from the mainland of Australia, and uh, that that's that's kind of gives an insight into their particular identity as well.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting to think about, yeah, how people associate their identity with where they live and I I've done a lot of travelling in the last couple of weeks to a few different states and really it's have. just been We've
1: barely seen you in the office.
0: <laughs> yes, I know. It's been weird because during the pandemic it was like seeing the team every day whether it was on a screen or not and now the travels back and it's been lovely though to I really enjoy going to different places and like yeah feeling the vibe. Uh, I went to Adelaide recently and I come from Melbourne, straight from Melbourne to Adelaide. and It was such a vast difference and everything you're kind of describing, I felt like I was observing uh, in, yeah, even the people. And I remember once I went out to um, Broken Hill for a, an engage a speaking engagement out there, and someone kind of came up to me and they're like, "You're not from here, are you? Like you're from away. <laughs> <And I was laughs> you're not like, from
1: here. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like they're like, oh yeah, we we, we know our locals. And that's obviously a very small regional town. But um, yeah, something about me, I guess, didn't didn't fit in with their vibe. But I think there's something to be said for that kind of yeah strong connection to an actual place. And I mean, we've got uh, lots of, I guess, you know. All of us, hopefully, have an element of that with our families, but to a physical place is something really interesting. And even, I guess, the stories and the traditions uh, that we connect with and identify with, with regards to our memories or um, history or tradition, can also play a role in how connected we feel to a place. Do you agree?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have much more to add to that, but I think I think what you've just said is is yeah is very profound that our our sense of um, identity, yeah, you, we can we see so many hints even in some of those funny examples of language that, that I shared before, that actually the, the stories we tell ourselves really do capture our imagination and frame our identity. So just going by what by my context, being someone who born and raised in Perth, lived in Sydney for a few years, moved back to Perth, uh, through the pandemic, as as actually quite a number of people did, mm. uh, being being a fairly safe place through through COVID, you can kind of see there's that yeah there's that narrative of the us and them, which is not always viewed as a as a negative competition, but more of just a a way of people in Western Australia or or in Perth kind of having that sense of we are we are together in this so we might be a small city by global perth bit over two million people a small city by kind of global city standards mm-hmm. but um but i think yeah people do look to t- for ways to 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 band together and i think maybe it's just maybe it's not even conscious but it's just something that's hardwired into us to to create stories that connect us and um that give us that sense of sense of meaning Um, in Western Australia's context, one of those being, yeah, the distinction between kind of, I think the distance, uh, you might have heard the phrase, the tyranny of distance in Australia. So there's people who observe that the the distance between Perth and just Western Australia and the rest of Australia, given that we've got a big desert in between, that, that actually potentially is Is behind some of this us and them feel that actually Perth and WA is so isolated that people kind of do feel that sense of well actually we need to band together.
0: Mm, Yeah, and I think another aspect um, that also is I think a really lovely I guess aspect of uh, thinking about this topic in terms of anywhere and, and somewhere and having a real connection to a place is also that you know we're able to. Even as we move – if you are an anywhere person or you've relocated, there are really great um, ways and examples of still bringing your, you know, heritage or connection, you know, with you and we know Australia is um, a migration nation and I see that even in my – my grandmother or my Oma, I should say, who's from the Netherlands and speaks a lot of Dutch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to her house recently and, and it's like almost like a Dutch museum in there and I love going Wonderful. there. It's amazing. And she's really, she's a part of a few uh, Dutch communities here. Do you have a
1: favourite um, Dutch food, Ashley? Yeah,
0: it's cheese and gouda specifically. <laughs> or Beautiful. croquettes, uh, deep fried like balls of meat, really delicious. Um, I could go on. But I think, um, you know, there are... There, there are ways that we can, even if we have had to move or have chosen to move, ways that we can connect with our heritage. And I see that in, yeah, as I said, my Ulmer and other people around Australia as well, because we are this really great melting pot of different cultures and, and bringing our history and our stories and our traditions with us. So it probably does, I think, illustrate how we are we are people. I think all of us are somewhere people. Uh, we want to have a connection to somewhere and, and feel like we belong, even if we do relocate or move around, which, as we've shared is something that Australians are doing more and more of um, in a more global world and global cities, but also, yeah, in light of the the pandemic and, and all the regional moves that have been happening over the last two years.
1: Yeah. Well, to me, that is a big hint that we are, mm-hmm. even even despite all of those things we talked about that this is an anywhere era, that to me, the biggest hint that we are a somewhere people is even just looking at Australia, our own country, that, as you said, such a, a a strong like multicultural society 29% of our nation born overseas so mm-hmm. we're such a migration nation and yes those migrants i think we do have a great history of migrants actually kind of assimilating into australian culture largely very well and yet they still maintain that that connection to their heritage and just Really, you have to reimagine it in new ways, but but nonetheless, are still still feel that connection. They're not just, oh, I was here, I moved there, I moved there. It doesn't doesn't really matter. I'm just, uh, you know, I don't have one specific home. But people actually do feel a strong sense of of home and connection to their their heartland or their culture. And I think we, yeah, we see that reimagined in different ways. But I, to me, that just illustrates that even in an increasingly global society where people are moving around and kind of global population movements, people still really largely do want to and do hold on to that, those um, their roots and their heritage.
0: Mm. And it is, it's a really important part of, like we've shared, you know, our identity and our need as human beings to belong to something or rather somewhere. So, yeah, a fascinating chat today around a topic that, um, yeah, that kind of anywhere and somewhere. We've kind of words that we use every day, but may take on a slightly different meaning as we look deeper into them and some of the demographics and the and the trends happening, but also yeah, some of those social shifts around people's attitudes towards place and identity um, and and the future of where that's going. So mm,
1: you could even call this this discussion the place of place. So, like the importance or the the role of place, Love and uh, I think that's an interesting <laughs> play on words to what we've been talking through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So good. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Grant. Thanks for being making the trek over to to Sydney. It's always a pleasure to have you and the Perth team in our in our office, and also for you to be on the podcast.
1: Thanks, Ash. It's been it's been a lot of fun.
0: And if people would like to stay up to date with our latest insights at McCrindle, you can subscribe to the podcast, follow us on social media or head to macrindle.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we would love for you to leave a review. So once again, thanks for listening and bye for now.